Hey, uh, Brandon, can you hmm. can you get off your phone? We're supposed to do this podcast, man. Yeah, yeah. Just give me a second. I'm why? Playing, what you got going on? I'm playing Pokemon Go. Hold on. You're playing Pokemon Go. Yeah. And let me guess, you're playing that because everybody else in the whole freaking world is playing Pokemon Go. Well, aren't we doing a podcast because everybody else in the freaking world is doing a podcast? You want to fight? Welcome Thanks to the listening. red. Uh, sorry, you want to go? No, you go. Red light, green light. You, me? I'm Brandon Green. I'm Brandon Jewel. Red light, jewel light. Green light, jewel means. light. I don't know what that means. Rock paper scissors for the intro. Rock paper scissors. Ah, oh, you flipped me off. You got a one arm <laughs> scissor. You win. Yeah, I win. All That's right. a knife. Oh, <laughs> and it'll cut through anything, even a rock. It will cut through Brian Adams because he cuts like a knife. That's a song oh, of his. Yeah, I'm okay. big on Canadian rock from the '80s. You know what I'm big on? introductions about our podcast all right go oh well you just said you're big on it but you won the rock paper middle finger okay welcome to the random fandom podcast my name is brandon jewel and i'm brandon green there you go we are coming to you on a mid-july night a midsummer night's july dream of july love shakespearean references that are inaccurate oh no no that's not shakespeare i'm pretty sure that was george rr R. martin oh yeah he did everything that's yeah. good all right, so let's get into this podcast. I think we need to start talking about some video games, some movies today. We're kind of midway through the year. Yeah, already. Can you believe it? I say let's kick into kind of a, a, a mid-year review, talk about what we like, talk about what we, we didn't like. Uh, and At then, this halfway point, unofficially, yeah, more yeah. or less. Yeah, and there's still let's talk about what's coming, uh, coming up on the horizon. Yeah, there, I was going to say, there's still a lot to come, a lot behind us, good, bad, Let's uh ugly. <laughs> I haven't seen a Clint Eastwood movie in a while. What's your favorite Clint Eastwood movie besides The Good, Bad, and the Ugly? Grand Torino was actually. It really good. was, wasn't yeah, it? it? Million was Dollar Baby, good. I I really liked too because he wasn't shooting people. Yeah, I didn't like the main actor though. Hillary Swank. Yeah. Yeah, that dude can't act very <laughs> no. well. Yeah. yeah. It was amazing that he played a win. Yeah, it's amazing that he played such a convincing female boxer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. We need to kick this into a little bit of retrospect, a little bit of future prospecting, and we're going to get into that with you as our listeners. Thanks for listening. But before we do that, let's take care of the people that are taking care of us. Brandon, yeah, let's talk about our sponsors. Now, we've listened to p- plenty of podcasts, you and I. We know that our listeners yep. listen to other podcasts, and we're trying to get them to stop that. But until then, <laughs> uh, what's a number one thing that if you listen to any geeky kind of podcast that you're going to hear come up every so often? It's Loot Crate, right? Oh, yeah. Loot Crate is big into sponsoring anything comic or nerdy related. My fellow geeks, I want to tell you about a different kind of monthly subscription service that's going to give you some really cool gear. So basically, let me let me paint the picture. There's a guy named Jim Hoggins, and Jim was a, a subscriber of Loot Crate, uh-huh. and he just kept getting crap and crap and yep. crap. And he just said one day, F this, F Loot Crate, and his brother in the next room heard that and he went and took it upon himself got a kickstart funded and he started flute crate oh. because he heard jim mahogan say f loot crate very so loudly you, so what do you get in the flute crate here what well is flute crate is great because basically every month there's a different theme and then you're going to get flutes from that theme they're going to have naval uh naval crates like as in the belly button crates or as in like navy in the navy okay so yeah uh they're going to have uh, future flutes oh. so they're going to have like uh space and techno jazz flutes uh, one month. Month to month, you get a different I, I theme. I pronounced Yaz flute, but that's y- Yaz keep flute. going. And that's going to be one theme. You know, every month is a great theme. You never know what you're going to get, but you're going to get something awesome. So if you're a flute fan... Which I am. Yeah, obviously. obviously. Uh, and so uh, Jim, the very first month that he ditched Loot Crate and switched over to Flute Crate because he's a big flute fan. Who isn't these days? I right. Mean, <laughs> um, Jim... He, the month he decided to sign on, and he signed up for a six-month... If you sign up for six months, by the way, enter the promo code Random Fandom with Brandon and Brandon is the best podcast ever. Uh, enter you that have to as, type in the whole thing? Random yeah. Random Fandom with Brandon and Brandon is the best podcast ever? Yeah. Okay. Uh, please. All one word? Yeah. I, I'd say that's probably your okay. safest bet yeah. for I'd a promo try code. until you get your 15% or whatever that is. It's 10%. Okay. Yeah. Still it's 10% it. of 15%. Still worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Jim, the very first month he signed on, after doing a six-month subscription, you get a seventh month for free, by the way, if you sign up for six months, 
uh, he, the month that he happened to get in on the action, the flute craving action was uh, pirate themed. So okay. he got a pirate themed flute, which is actually called a fife. Okay. Yeah, and it was autographed by uh, real. Did Indian- he get five of them? Yeah, and five dog, formerly of a tribe called Quest. He's okay. one half a tribe called Quest. He died. Oh. Yeah, last year. A lot of musicians gone. Uh, has nothing to do with flute crate though. Flute crate's <laughs> all about good news. Anyway, so yeah, every different month you get a different themed crate of flutes. Check out flute crate. We've got them linked up on our homepage. We don't, but we will. We won't. I we won't. manage our webpage. We won't. We won't. So for all our great fake sponsors, we want to thank you for being a part of the Random Fandom with Brandon Brand Podcast. And if you want to check out previous fake sponsors or future fake sponsors, either go back and check us out or keep listening. Or build a time machine and then go forward in the future and then you can listen backwards. So let's Because you said listen to future ones and I was like, how are they going to listen to future By ones? K- keep tuning in. Oh, okay. That makes sense. We're a little more than halfway through this year and let's take a look back at some of the B and the dubs, best and worst, so far. Oh, I see. I see what you did. Across the platforms that we love to talk about, starting with games. Brandon? Uh. Yeah. What's been good on your list? Like, if you're Santa and all these games are children, who's naughty? Who's mm. nice? Who's getting good presents? Who's getting their eyes jabbed in by ice picks? <laughs> Krampus is mean. Krampus, this year. yeah, is mean. I never saw that movie. By I, the never way. Did I was kind either. of intrigued, but it looked I, like a yeah. rental at best. Go. You know, let's talk about the one that we both have been playing a lot of, which uh, I don't want to get too deep into it because we had an entire podcast about this, but Overwatch. Hmm, yes. Mm-hmm. Loving this game. In fact, I want to go play it right after we're done here tonight. We can. And we will. Let's go now. Uh, Overwatch is just a great, great way of spending 10 minutes at a time. Because I often find that I don't have the time to sit down for hours at a time to play a game. Yeah. And so, and because I, because, I, you know, I'll talk about this on a, a little bit separately, but I'm also playing Quantum Break. And I find that Quantum Break is really hard to do in these five to ten minute segments because it's so story driven in a sense. Yeah. And Overwatch just gives you this quick bite sized way of playing. You can play one or two games and then you can put the controller down and go to bed. And it's awesome. Um, and it's it's always fun and it's always new. And once you start to feel just a little bit that you're getting bored of the gameplay, switch characters. And it's something completely new. And you know what we did the other night differently is we actually were intentional about being characters that we don't play yeah. and trying to get better with them. And yeah, we would say, okay, Brandon, what am I going to play as? And you'd be like, uh, choose Genji and try Genji right. or something like that. And I would be like, all right. And then I would pick one for you. Yeah, that was actually really fun. And yeah, it's even frustrating. though it's, not, it's getting outside of your comfort zone, but it just enriches the gameplay and adds to the replay value. Yeah. Uh, and there's a new character coming. Uh, Anna or Anna, A N A, however that's pronounced. She is uh, going to be uh, patched in pretty soon. A new sniper type, from what I've seen. There's a couple minutes of gameplay online. I haven't read a synopsis, but I don't need to. I just yeah, when we'll she's play patched it when in, she comes out, and then we, yeah, we'll try it out and Honestly, see what when, happens. When when every character is going to be released, I think one at a time is what they've talked about. Um, and did they know say how many in total? No, because we started I, with they, maybe they did. I don't know. I want to say, but. You know that once this new sniper character comes out, you're going to hop in a game and you're going to have three or four people playing as that new sniper. Yeah. Uh, so we'll have to get over that little hump and then the next character will come I, and we'll do the same thing. And that's a really good point. I wonder if they'll ever put a limiter into some of their games or they'll have a game mode where you like only one character of each, yeah. like you were saying the other night. Here, So here's an interesting thing. They've got that new competitive mode on, mm-hmm. uh, which I have some major issues with. Uh, True. But... Uh, overall, it's kind of fun, and it puts higher stakes on everything. What the creators have already said was that they are going to change the competitive mode so that it's one character per game, or at least per team. I like that. Yeah, I think it's great, because you don't have to have three Torbjorns on a team. And, uh, and that's what seems to happen every time. But I will admit, that's probably going to make more people drop off in competitive mode because they're going to be forced to choose players that they don't normally play as and they might be like, oh, we're not doing very good or I'm not doing very good because I'm not good with this character. Um, the The problem is is that the competitive mode already has a major issue, whereas when people drop off, 
Nobody fills them in. So and they don't every, do bots. I've only played five. Comp- yeah, they don't do bots. I've only played five competitive matches, and out of all five, I won the first one where I had a full team, and then and everyone every hung single around, one right? after that. Yeah, every every player hung hung out throughout the entire game. The remaining four games that I played had at least two people drop off every single game, which caused us to lose. Like, I mean, that's a, it, the game is so balanced that once you lose one person, it's really, really hard to get a win. Let alone if it drops down to like six versus three, then there's just... Uh, there's just no that, way. I and mean, that happened multiple times. Yeah, that's not cool. So hopefully they fix that. I, yeah, hopefully they fix a way to fill that or something. I don't know, but... Okay, so Overwatch is not only, I would say, where I've spent the majority of my time playing games this year. Uh, granted, I don't have a next-gen console, but man, at work, I work with a bunch of geeks. It's cool. It's an internet and phone company, so you assume there's a lot of geeks. Literally, you can go through the break room at any point or down the halls, and you're going to hear someone talking about I was walking to the kitchen today just to get my lunch, and I heard someone say, yeah, my Hanzo game is getting really tight. <laughs> I'm just like, out of context, I'd be like, what is that Yeah, what does that even mean? And it's so funny because I just smiled and I'm like, I bet he's lying. But still, I was like, (laughs) good for him. Uh, This game is really popular amongst the PC gamers. I don't actually know a whole lot of people. Politically correct gamers. Please. I don't know a whole lot of people that are playing this on console. But then again, just saying for what uh, I've experienced, this does seem really to be getting its highest volume on the PC amongst my fellow gamers that I I know. Uh, Another kind of watch that uh, we've had an eye on. Yeah, okay. Go ahead and tell people about... Thank you. Um, Tell people about Firewatch and why it would be what you consider one of the best games you've played this year. Um, Firewatch, I guess, is one of the bigger surprises of the year because it's a small indie-style game. Yeah. I think it cost me 20 bucks. Um, I got the PC version. Yeah. And for $20, it's... uh, You know, gosh, I don't know. It's been a little while since I've played it. But you get a good five or six hours of gameplay, maybe maybe a little bit more depending on uh, how much you kind of explore in that game because it is a sort of an open world. Um, but the graphics are gorgeous. The voice acting for the two main characters, which pretty much that's all you hear, is awesome. And um, in the whole end of the game kind of takes uh, takes a route that you wouldn't expect. The, the game has a, a story that's kind of building and there's some twists and some turns. And then by the end of it, you realize that it's something completely different. I'm not going to go into what that is, but because um, I think everybody should play it, and I don't want to spoil it. But I just thought that was kind of a good surprise of a video game, and I think it caught a lot of the gamers by surprise. Firewatch is, um, for $20, one of the best values you can get out of a video game right now. So I think that's a measure of a great game, too, Yeah, is the value you feel that you put into it that you yeah. get out of it, too. So right. for 20 bucks sounds like a pretty safe bet especially for the the kind of gamers that aren't constantly craving action or need big cgi or something like that Yeah, it's definitely slower paced especially when you compare it to something like overwatch um but i think that can be welcomed cool sometimes you know if you're especially if you're in that mood for that um you know it when we're talking about what kind of value you feel out of a game i'm just going to move that right over to quantum break because i'm currently playing quantum break now i game flight it i didn't buy it but if I were to have spent 60 bucks on that game, even though it's a great game, the gameplay's fun, and the story is really in-depth, I feel like there's something on the surface that's just lacking a little bit yeah. that doesn't really pull me in. And I think that if you look at reviews, it's sort of a similar feeling across the board. Whereas I would be kind of feeling like I got, um, I didn't get my money's worth if I were to spend $60 on that game. So... So let's say that game, two months from now, pops down to 30 bucks. It's worth it, probably by that point, yeah. Yeah. I mean, games don't stay $60 for long. So another game that we both played mm-hmm. was uh, Doom. And I, we talked about it a little bit on a previous podcast, but let's just quickly recap. I'll tell you why I think it would be a, a good game, you know, so to speak. Santa would give it good presents. Do you know how Christmas works? <laughs> um, I, I just think it was fun. It was fun. It was it was quick. Yep. It was painless. Uh, I don't think it's an an own. Like I wouldn't necessarily see myself owning that game. Play it once through, and of Especially course, because the online the, was not very was good. very shaky. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it had its frustrations, but ultimately it was just kind of a badass game. It made you feel like I don't know. It's like the feeling I used to get from watching American Gladiators. Like yeah, right? I'm pumped up, <laughs> and then 
you know, like this is the most America game I've ever played. Yeah, it just happens to be in hell and Mars, and it was just fun. It was cool. It wasn't overly challenging, but it wasn't, you know, without its obstacles. Mm-hmm. I, I, I got some hiccups in some places, and sometimes I think that was just bad design. But as far as the game difficulty itself, and uh, yeah, I, I I don't think it's going to win game of the year, but no, for sure. But I think I think it's was one of the more memorable games so far this year. I would say it was it was a good game, not a great game, but it was a solid good game, like a, a strong B, okay, yeah. grade yeah. Uh, game. So yeah, lots of games this year to like. But um, being that you've gotten around to more games than I have, Brandon, uh, anything you didn't like? You know, uh, one thing that really was underwhelming for me was uh, Far Cry Primal. It. Yeah, you know what? I totally had forgot about the game until you just mentioned it. Well, I love all of the Far Cry games, and and I've played probably all of them. And the last couple especially, I've played all the way through, beat the games, and even after beating the games, I would continue to take outposts, and I would continue to, to hunt and do side quests, just because I love the world and I love the gameplay. But something about Far Cry Primal took all of what the old games had and broke it down to the bare minimum to whereas there was almost no story um and and it was very very similar gameplay but then when you take away the story it takes away your reason to continue playing yeah that's uh, what you mean and so i was just super disappointed with that and i actually had really high expectations i thought it would be a really cool take on on far cry but it really just it was boring in my opinion it so. seems like a franchise that's kind of at the end of its rope. Well, I don't think that they're going to continue down the Far Cry Primal. I just mean Far Cry's in general. I feel like they're getting repetitive and kind of one-trick pony. I think they peaked at number three. Four wasn't bad, but no, wasn't as good. good. Yeah. And it seems like Primal is just another step down. I will give them props. I didn't get to play the game. I've seen plenty of gameplay footage and just uh, in talking to people about it. I will give them props for basically making their own language for the game, from what I understand. Really? Yeah. yeah. All the caves people or tribes, oh, men and women. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, totally. Which is, is kind of cool, and that's no easy thing to make it sound believable, let yeah. alone... But at the same time, is there's actually people who create languages for stuff like that. Like, for example, there's somebody who created the Dothraki language for how do you do that game of by thrones the way. yeah i don't know i don't know how you get into that that's just a Imagine random to be job. <laughs> smart though you know that doesn't seem like something you can be unintelligent and do well yeah yeah uh and also i think what didn't work to that game's favor you know i remember seeing the cover art when it was first announced and there's mm-hmm. a big mammoth or mastodon on it yeah and so the that implication cool. to me is oh there's gonna be dinosaurs and there's no dinosaurs. No, I know. So they missed the mark. Saber two tigers granted, are cool. Granted, ba- mammoths and dinosaurs didn't coexist. Yeah, so, and there's like so, a bear and like some wolves in it, which are all awesome yeah. carnivores and hunters. But come on, you got to have like some Paleozoic. Or, I think they were going with rea- realism there. We did not exist when the dinosaurs existed, or humans didn't. So good point. They were going with a realistic timeline, but we did when there's saber tooth tiger tigers and mammoths. So they were going with that, but at the same time. It's a video game, and I think they should have chosen playability over realistic timeline. And so, who cares? I mean, look what you did with Blood Dragon. Yeah. Like, who cares if you're switching it up? Just put a human being, an old tribal person, in a situation with some actual dinosaurs, some T-Rexes and Stegosauruses and Velociraptors. I think that would have really added a different flavor to the game. So, Seemed like a missed opportunity. Ultimately, yeah. a pretty forgettable game. A little disappointing as far as living up to the Far Cry I mean, yeah. name. I think it was my disappointment of the year. But, you know, I don't want to end on a sour note for video games. So sweeten it up then. Uh, let's talk about, well, I'll talk about because I don't think you haven't played it. But uh, Inside. Oh, did you grab that off of uh, Xbox Live? Yes. So Oh, it's all, it's, it's exclusively bucks. there, yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. I'm sure it'll... It, that and PC, mm-hmm. and I'm sure it'll come out for PS3. This is from the makers of the Sleeper hit, but also uh, emphasizing hit, uh, Limbo. Yeah. Which was a silent game through and through. Is that how this game is as well? Yeah, pretty much. Cool. Um, this game is very, very similar where you're uh, a, a child and it's a side-scrolling game. And, and the same way Limbo never just spelled it out for you and said this is what is happening this is 
this is how this world works. It let you figure stuff out and realize that through the gameplay. And Inside does that beautifully. The graphics are great. The The gameplay is full of these really small little nuances, both with the actual character that you play as, as well as the world around you and the way that people the way that people react when they see you. And um, I, I don't want to spoil this thing, but you're pretty much a child and there's people after you and you're going through this, um, this factory and you're finding out all of this crazy stuff that's going in this factory. But the great thing is, is with the animations is when people find you, they'll, they'll kill you in brutal ways and you're a child and you can get mauled by dogs. <laughs> Very similar to how Limbo, all of a sudden, yep. like a giant spider would eat you or a yep. spiny roller would crush you or something. Exactly. How pleasant. Yeah, it was really nice. Motivation to do well in the game. Uh, Inside was just a pleasant surprise. It was something that I kept hearing about over and over again from some of the podcasts that I listened to. Mm-hmm. And they kept on saying it's, you know, IGN gave it a 10 out of 10. And to have a small indie game get a 10 out of 10 and that be what their arguing to be so far the game of the year i was like all right i gotta check this game out because i oftentimes will just kind of ignore the smaller games because with my lack of time i'll generally go for the triple a titles but it was so worth my time and so worth my 20 dollars. good it was just a really neat four hour like overwatch all right excuse me overwatch much like firewatch i was like it's actually nothing like overwatch yeah so similar (laughs) you're way off um yeah so those are the a kind of an overview of the games that stood out to us for better or for worse uh, in the year 2016 so far. Now, upcoming games, there's a fair amount of them coming up fairly soon, too, some of them. Resident Evil 5, the remastered uh, version, which, I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't a horrible game, but that's like when it's, I mean, it yeah, was... Yeah, why remaster? It's like, why a polish ga- a turd? Well, 5 wasn't horrible, I but... I know, it, it, it wasn't, gr- it, it wasn't like, worth re-releasing. Exactly. Put it that way. I, I agree. But it's happening. Uh, also, Ghostbusters, the companion game for the film. Speaking of turds. <laughs> well, the movie's getting okay reviews. We'll talk Is about it. it. Okay. It's getting okay reviews. But uh, usually companion games are just exactly that, just to yeah. help promote. Yep. They're not actually standing on I their remember, own two feet. I remember playing a Ghostbusters game, the, the previous Ghostbusters game on Xbox. Actually, I thought that was kind of fun. And that one was actually not bad. But they also weren't really tied to the no. Movie they franchise. were doing it for yes. the sake of a game. <laughs> yes, that's the difference. Yeah. Though it did use the uh, the the cast, and think yeah. they actually voiced it too, if did I'm not they? mistaken. I don't know. I don't or at remember. least someone sounded damn like them. Damn like them. At least someone sounded damn. 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 That's like them. And Brandon, happy No Man's Sky Day finally on August 9th. Yeah. Pending from here to then, it doesn't get delayed. But it seems like it's in it, the they shoot. They can't delay it. No way. Less not, than a month out. I, no, there would be they, blood. They sent out a picture on their Twitter um, of the entire. Uh, it's a small development team, but the entire development team all like cheering, celebrating. Yeah, I saw and, that. And, it's and, actually uh, made me happy for them. I'm drawing a blank on the main guy's name, but he's just holding up this Blu-ray disc, and it like, has like it in exists. Sharpie written on it. Like, it says No Man's Sky 2016 or something like that. And I was like, Oh, great! Like they finished it. Like they're. It's actually happening. Yes. Well, congratulations to that team, and hopefully it's worth all the wait. I know that... Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it is a PS4 exclusive, so... Uh, but, you know, I and I think I've said it before in this podcast. At least upon if release. It's, if it's as... I think it's staying as a PS4. I think PS4 is keeping that one. Sure. But if it is as good as it's slated to be, I will buy a PS4 for it. Yeah, and then you can go back and play Uncharted right. Four, which, I which is probably the best game of the year that you and I both have really not played yeah. or sunk our teeth I've, into. I've been, I've seen it being played, and it looks great. Yeah, it looks amazing. So, uh, but that's the past. We're focused on the future. What yeah. else is coming up this year? Deus Fortunately, X. yes, uh, Square Enix is uh, one of your favorite publishers. Well, they are they're a good one, uh, and they are weighing in uh, with the. I would say what long-anticipated sequel to uh, Human Revolution. Yeah, uh, which was a great game. It really was. Kind of underappreciated, if you ask me. Yeah, but it was it was really, really good. And I think Mankind Divided is just going to take it to a next level. I mean, it has a great pedigree from which yeah. uh, to platform. So hopefully it's as good as advertised. That is August 23rd. 
And then also nothing you or I really care too much about, yeah. but we know it has its legion of fans. The newest Madden, uh, the yearly installment, yeah. is coming out. We August used to 20th. play that. Oh yeah, I, I mean, think years ago we would play back that all in like the, time. the PS2 game yeah. or PS2 days. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that is a uh, just a glimpse uh, yeah. on summer releases. Yeah, that's that's all of July and August, right? So yeah, and then there's a whole bunch more coming out this year, and we can talk about and that Q4, in another, as another like podcast. The latest call it. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to. Uh, well, I mean, I'm playing a lot of games right now, um, but I think Deus Ex is going to come out right when I'm like ready for another new game to get. That's a, yeah to take up my you time. Hope the so, timing works just right. Yeah. Cool. All right, so let's move on. Uh, once again, we are halfway through the year. I think we need to talk about the the good, the bad, and the ugly in movies. So Brandon, let's let's kick into movies. It's just it's up to you. I'm gonna let you decide what we talk about first because there were some really good movies in 2016. There were some really bad movies in 2016. What do you want to start with? I believe good news seems so much better after hearing bad news. Okay. So uh, if you are wondering as to why. I feel this way, and I know Brandon feels uh, the same way, but for perhaps different reasons. Go back to our very first podcast. We get in-depth about Batman versus Superman, but ultimately, I mean, you talk about just two iconic characters in geek culture and a complete waste of their talent, of their capabilities, of their cohesion finally brought together on screen. Batman versus Superman had to be the... And granted, biggest disappointment so far, but I'm willing to say that I don't think I'll be looking forward to another movie as much and then feeling ever being able to feel yeah. so disappointed by what I saw, at least this year. Um, I felt that I way. Agree. Be- There's a lot of hype behind that movie. Oh, three years in the making, Comic Con panels. Uh, yeah. And, you know, it's just, it was not a good movie. You could call it Larry versus Fred and just take the capes off them. And I'd be like, oh, well, that movie was just okay. But because it's Batman, because it's Superman, because... you Yes, you have an expectation of quality. Exactly. And I don't dislike all of Zack Snyder's stuff. I haven't liked what he's done lately. I wasn't the biggest Watchmen fan. See, I liked Watchmen a lot. But I really loved, like... Just 300. 300 was great. I, I Well, it was okay. It was good. It was better than I thought than it was this. directed really well. I, I love uh, Dawn of the Dead, the remake that he yeah. did. And not to say that every movie needs to be the same. I'm not asking for the same movie, but I'm just asking for the same type of connection and likability and flow. This movie yeah, had a horrible had no problem with flow. No, it 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 just was so segmented all the time, to the point where, as a viewer, you're just like, I don't see why these scenes are happening. I don't and what see the, the story that's here? trying to develop. Uh, so apparently. Um, the extended cut, which has, I think, another half hour. Oh, and it's supposed of, to make it R-rated content. At, or, right, but I think, from what I understand, just for blood. Yeah. Um, yeah. Apparently, it does tie up some of the loose ends that the original cut left, where you're just kind of like, but wait, why this? Why that? This doesn't make sense. Um, uh, some things, like the... the plot points that were just really poorly written like why batman just suddenly be became superman's best friend yeah um stuff like that is still in there and it's still a glaring issue but there's a lot of things that just those extra three minutes of footage tie up so much i guess in the story so that you're not questioning as much but the problem is is then it makes it still makes a bad movie like a three-hour movie. And that's that's a lot to dedicate to what is still, even with that extra footage, is a bad movie. And unless you like gaping holes, not the kind on the internet, but plot holes, they're just like so open and just in need of sutures through explanation and story and you backfill. You gaping. Then this is just not a movie that you're going to enjoy, yeah. and that's the thing because this was the cornerstone. This is the foundation setting up for so many movies, and what should be DC's version and Warner Brothers' version of the um, the Avengers, and this is what is the catalyst for Justice League. It's like born under a bad sign. Yeah. So uh, definitely thumbs down, two thumbs down. 
uh, four thumbs down between the two of us for Batman versus we Superman. We both get two thumbs? If we had two thumbs to give, yes, both yeah. men would be down. Screw you, Siskel and Ebert. Yeah. We are, we're going to use all four of our thumbs. But let's talk about some bright spots. Captain America Civil War, again, if you want to know more detail as to why we have a full cast on it, but we love that movie. That movie is amazing. Very good. Talk about a an ensemble piece done correctly, but still it had the singular focus being worthy of being Captain America movie. Yeah, it was still a Captain America movie. I think one of the reasons that Batman v Superman uh, got such a horrible reception is because right after that came out, we saw Captain America Civil War. And so what it was was we were already disappointed in this really bad comic book-based movie that we had high expectations for. And then uh, Civil War comes out, and we're like, yes, that's how it should have been done. That is how comic book movies should be made. And so it was almost like just by contrast. It's like when you have a really good-looking girl next to a really bad-looking girl. They make the really good-looking girl way hotter. (laughs) <laughs> great analogy thank you so thank you to uh marvel and the the foundation uh was laid so nicely for this movie as to how everyone got to be on screen you already knew who they were so their interactions with each other yep. made sense yeah and uh seeing all the ancillary characters and secondary characters or reintroduced characters as in spider-man uh that was awesome so yeah. can't wait for that, that. Great. great easter eggs at the end too great easter eggs at the end of another awesome comic book movie gosh if i Open a movie studio. Remind me to make comic book movies. Deadpool was awesome. Highest grossing R-rated film of all time. Can I, I also guess? say that was the biggest surprise of the year? I, d- I typically don't go. like Ryan Reynolds, and I'm like, okay, so he was already Green Lantern, and here he is again as Deadpool. But this was well, he was made- already Deadpool, even uh, true, true, true. But this was this was awesome. So such a great movie. What did you like best about it? Yeah, no, I think Deadpool was just it was just one of those surprise movies where it really looked good in all of the commercials and all of the advertising and all of the marketing that they did, which was brilliant marketing. Oh, absolutely. They took such great advantage of the internet, too. Yes, they did. All the YouTube And it was creative. And, and, and they took the idea of Deadpool breaking down the fourth wall in the comics and adding that to the marketing. And then you're like, oh, I, they're, they're kind of capturing the spirit of this character in just the marketing alone. And you're like, but... The question is, is are we going to be disappointed again because we've already been disappointed by comic book movies this year and we've already been disappointed by Deadpool once before. So what are we going to expect? Are we going to get our, our, our hopes super high and then be disappointed? But no, it actually surprised us all that it was way better than we even expected. Yeah, I can't say that I remember a movie that so well blended humor and action. Yeah. It was such a good toe of the line great stan lee cameo awesome four thumbs up awesome to intro too the, the oh. intro nothing horribly creative when you really think about it because it's, it's just the fact that they were willing to do the intro the way they wanted to do it yeah i think that was so cool yeah thank you for making fun of yourselves another movie with mutants that i never actually saw and from what i understand of your perception of it kind of a disappointment in review mm-hmm. in retrospect X Men, yeah, X Men Apocalypse. Yeah, it was not good. Um, so let's not even spend a lot no of time Batman on it. It was no Batman v Superman. It, I mean, as far as it was better than Batman v Superman, but it was still not a good comic book movie for sure. Very bland. There's just things in that movie that you're like, I, I don't really know. You can point out a few things here and there that you're like, yeah, that wasn't very good. That wasn't very good. But really, you're like, I don't know why it wasn't a, a bad movie, but it just by the end of it, it left you thinking, this is a bad movie mm-hmm. uh, with with some shining parts, but that's it. So yeah, we we, we don't have to. I'll about look it. for it on DVD, pretty much. It's worth it's worth watching just because you're a comic book fan. I've stuck with you're all in... the X Men movies up to this point. I'm not going to stop now, but yeah, this was the first time I never made a point to go out and see something. Yeah, uh, what I did take my daughter to go see, and I think I enjoyed it more than she did. Uh, probably because of all the uh, little glimpses and winks as uh, Disney animations tend to do for the adult audience. Zootopia, you got to check that movie out. It oh, was, no, I did. I You liked seen it. That. Oh, okay, cool. I, I liked it a lot. At the time I had seen it, I don't think you had, so I'm glad to know that we're both I, caught up. Really I, great I movie. I might have actually seen it because you were telling me how good it was. But it you know, snuck up on me. I, I remember watching that. I, what it was was I actually uh, did the super expensive rental on DirecTV or whatever. Sure. That you pay like seven dollars because you're an than idiot you and you just don't want to go down the street to a red box. But I did that because I was just like, I want to watch a movie, and that 
I was just wanted that movie. And so I was like, all right, I'll pay whatever. And no, I was, I was happy about it, but I knew it was a good movie because of what you've told me. And then also the reviews are at like 97%. So it's hard to fudge those I knew, numbers. Yeah. I knew it was going to be a good movie, but when I saw it, I was like, yeah, this is a really good, fun uh, movie with good humor that can appeal both to kids and adults. It was innocent humor. And I like that. And the one reference that most of the adults that were uh, seeing the movie picked up on was the, uh, when they alluded to Walter and Jesse clearly winking uh, at the camera. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was hey, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't expect a breaking bad reference in a, a Disney PG movie, but I'm glad I did. And uh, that was cool. So yeah, Zootopia good. Now the other Disney, big Disney movie that's just, just crushing the box office that neither you or I have seen is Finding Dory. Um, yeah, I want to see that. I do want to make a point to see that. That will be something we'll probably catch in theaters. Let's talk real quick about some other movies that have come and gone without us being involved. X-Men, no, that was just me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I've seen that. Independence Day, could care less based yeah. on what I've heard and seen and read. Uh, we still haven't seen Warcraft. Uh, just, I, uh, I will probably see that in time. I just... yeah. Um, uh, never got around really. to seeing the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. But I'm going to. I want to. I want to as well. Uh, so the movies that have been released that we just haven't got around to, everything else is just kind of forgettable to me. Although I do want to see Nice Guys too. The Nice Guys looks good. And you know what I heard is that Central Intelligence is actually a decent movie. I'm just so burnt out on Kevin Hart. I, I he has know, like a movie coming out every three are, weeks. Yep, and it's just him. And they hey, I'm a little guy same. and I yell loud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's um, just... But... This it works looks... for people who like him. Yeah. I, I never saw 10 Cloverfield Lane, by the way. I understand oh, that. Oh, you was... didn't? No. Oh, that is worth I think a it's watch. out on uh, video pretty soon here. So That is definitely worth a watch. I thought that was a I'll, really I'll get... cool movie and really one of the more unique movies of the year. Don't Did you watch the original Cloverfield? Yes. We, you and I saw it in theaters. I, oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, which I actually really liked it. Yeah, Super what? disappointed that it had nothing to do with it. Just the name. And I'm like... Wh- because I think originally the movie had a title, I think it was called Bunker or something along those lines. Um, and they changed it to 10 Cloverfield Lane. And in my head, I'm like... Maybe just to drum up some extra interest in dollars at the box office, quite maybe. honestly. Yeah, but it's like... why? But why are you trying to act like there's a connection between these two films when really there's not? I had nothing and to do with it. If there... <laughs> Brandon, why did you do this? I'm sorry. <laughs> But like it's like maybe there is a connection, but they made no light of it at all in the movies. But if J.J. Abrams has this grand master plan where he's going to be like, oh, look, it's the Cloverfield universe and it's all one. Okay, cool. I'll be happy when that happens. But in the meantime, it just kind of irritated me. Uh, I will tell you that if there's a indie sleeper hit that you actually really should check out just because of how bizarre yet cohesive this film is. Check out uh, a total indie film called The Lobster. It's with uh, Colin Farrell and I think Rachel Wise and a few other people. It is super strange. I went and saw it at the Arts House uh, Cinema. It was a really strange, bizarre, but really enjoyable movie. So check out The Lobster. Huh. Uh, I, believe I like Colin Farrell sometimes. Yeah, he's got he's got an okay catalog. He's, yeah, he's, he's interesting because when he gets into these AAA movies, he's not very good. Like when you put him in like total a recall total remake, recall, Fright Night or, remake, Alexander. It's just yeah, he's never good in those. But when you put him in a low budget thing, he's he's original good. works like in Bruges. Oh, that was such a one cool of my movie. like seriously favorite movies. Yeah, yeah, uh, movies that might be our favorites, might not be our favorites. We don't know because we haven't seen them yet. Let's talk about what's on the horizon cinematically. We've got Ghostbusters coming up very soon and pretty much uh, mid July. It comes out by July the time 15th. this podcast will come out. Yeah, that'll be. Out. I actually might go see it. I will too. Uh, just the curiosity is going to get to me. I don't expect it to be Ghostbusters the original because only one movie is. Yeah. Granted, I know they're sharing the name, but it's a reimagining. It's a retelling. I'm okay with it. I've gotten over the all female cast. Not that that really was a hang up for me, but at first I was just like, "Well, oh, that's a little strange. How modern is that?" Actually, I think they should have a blended cast. You know, I think it'd be cool if they had like two males, two yeah, females. But you know, I'm Melissa McCarthy. Uh, as closest thing you can get. Um, oh, she's great, I'm sure. Actually, I really like her. So I'm looking forward to checking it out. I, I remember when I first heard about it and saw it announced, I was not so hot on it. But as it's coming out, I've kind of singing a, a little bit of a different song about it. Also, what's coming what are, out, which I am really looking review, forward to. Real quick, what are reviews on that? Yeah, let's, let's check see. it out. As of this recording... Uh, Ooh. I, 
Ooh, that's weird. What? IMDb gives it a 3.8 out of 10, but Rotten Tomatoes has it at 78%. Well, IMDb is user-based, and Rotten Tomatoes is critic-based. So, or or you can just look at Metacritic, which is just, just composite. Composite, okay. and that's at 63%. So it, it might, looks like it's not getting great reviews. It but, looks like a, a matinee to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll, yeah, I'll matinee totally. it. A week after Ghostbusters, the next big title comes out. It is Star Trek Beyond. Not really excited for this one. It's three films into a unnecessarily rebooted franchise so yeah this I'm just one's never grabbed me losing interest could be good but i don't think i'm gonna be uh i'm gonna be having the mentality oh i gotta be there opening night yeah uh week after that something that i love and i'm glad to see matt damon back in the title role it's jason Bourne. oh yeah uh they did that little sidetrack movie when uh, matt damon didn't sign on they did uh jeremy renner as uh, another kind of Bourne. i did not see that it it wasn't horrible but it was very forgettable it was like okay. a far cry primal so it's big, like lives has a big billing, you know. Oh, it's a, another Bourne movie, but it's like a pretty weak entry in that yeah. series. So I'm glad to see uh, Matt Damon back as uh, Jason Bourne. Oh, I, you know, I haven't caught, I haven't caught all of the Jason Bourne movies. They're because great because I think they're good in a lot of ways. But there's something about minus the them shaky that, cam work. Whenever there's an action, there's sequence. just something about them that doesn't appeal to me. Uh, the the action does, but there's. I never feel like there's too much of a story behind it's, it. It's kind of generic espionage yeah, and uh, I think that's central what it intelligence is. really being the bad you can, guy. You can slap too. a Mission Impossible name on that and I wouldn't be much It's of a interchangeable. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you there. But this this one hopefully is good. And then a week after that, it's kind of like a domino. Bing, bing, bing. Suicide Squad, <laughs> which I think domino is... domino sound like. They do. I think it's going to be one of the summer's biggest hits. Uh, probably, I think, the biggest one, uh, comic book-wise, at least since uh, Captain America. I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, you know, Stephen Colbert referred to them based on the trailer. He said this on his late show or the Tonight Show or whatever it is. He said, it's the mopey Avengers go to hot topic. <laughs> and it's kind of true, especially when every, anytime Harley Quinn's on the screen or Joker, uh, they kind of look like they just got outfitted from hot topic yeah. or they might be working there better yet. You know, the danger, though, that they're going to have is that they're putting all of these people together, but they have not set up any of the characters previously there's like a big what the assumption done knowing that assuming that the audience knows who that people well, know harley I, quinn they know joker but that's it yeah you don't know nope, you know will smith but you don't know his character deadshot deadshot uh killer croc i mean you had to be a big fan of these actual like specifically of the gotham yeah lore to know who these people and are i think that a majority of the people aren't but, so that puts the onus on the filmmakers to really do a good job of explaining who they are right. but still making a progressive story you know and, you know, it depends on uh, how they approach it. If they approach it as, here's an introduction to the team, it might be good. But if they try to make it, here's an introduction to every single character and try to set up some sort of backstory to every character, it's not going to work and it's going to take way too much time to set Because there's a the lot movie. of them. There's several of them, yeah. And there's several characters who, as much as I love stuff like this, I don't... You don't even know anything like, about them. Yeah. yeah, and same with me. Who's the guy with like that can make fire? Is like just like... Pyro. El Diablo or something? I've never even heard of him. Yeah. Well, we'll see. August 5th, that movie comes out. We'll definitely probably be there uh, opening night, opening weekend. Yeah. You know, speaking of uh, Suicide Squad, Margot Robbie, the person who plays Harley Quinn, um, I think we talked about this in a previous podcast, but she's getting the go-ahead to do a separate Harley Quinn movie. And, you know, Captain Marvel is getting her own movie. Uh, which is the Carol Danvers Captain Marvels, Marvel, so another female superhero. And then we're actually getting a Wonder Woman movie. So it's kind of cool. We're actually starting to see, after getting so many male superhero movies, we're finally starting to see some female superheroes. Where they're not just the sidekick. Yeah. Because, like... I mean, look at like the Avengers. Almost all of them got their own movie, except for Black Widow. Black Widow. She got a weird dream sequence of where she was a dancer in Russia in Age of Ultron or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and and it was kind of like explained. it's kind of almost doing a disservice to the one female in the group not to give her her own backstory and movie. Um, and so I think it's kind of neat that we're starting to see some female superheroes being made. So okay, speaking of, we talked about Black Widow as like that would be a great standalone movie. Who else would you want to see a standalone movie made from? Like a female superhero. Or supervillain by that. Or token. supervillain, yeah. Actually, I mean look at uh look at Harley Quinn. Well She's yeah, they're making her an anti hero though, yeah. so to speak. Um yeah, her aside, which cause it already sounds it's like it's happening. 
I've always really liked uh, Black Cat. Now, yeah. aside from Spider-Man fans and maybe just your a handful of Marvel fans, a lot of people aren't going to know who she is. I remember her. I remember thinking, wow, that was like one of my first girl crushes reading comics. Uh, that <laughs> outfit and her little cat mask. And she's like basically Catwoman, but not as fully outfitted. And she didn't have whips. Uh, but I always liked her. Uh, she yeah. was never. And she had a good back and forth with Spider Man. Yeah. She was kind of like baddie, but she loved him. So she would like look out for him and then she'd go. She'd uh, be a good anti hero. Yeah. She'd again. bounce back yeah. and forth. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I w- always liked uh, the White Queen. They try Emma oh, Frost. Yeah. They brought her into first class, but that was. That was really. Yeah. That was weak. Um, also, another female that I like is Shulk. Shulk. Yeah, She-Hulk. Oh, I was like, I <laughs> no, have actually, no idea I, I think Shulk is. I, I'm just um, abbreviating, so to speak. <laughs> uh, now, I that's something I wouldn't need to see. It's like, well, so it's Hulk in female form, like yeah, but what sets her apart? And how do you explain? Oh, I also got radiation because she's she's um, much more composed as well. Yeah, women are like typically like, thought to be of a little more level-headed <laughs> of the the species, human species. I think it would add. I think it would add the strength of the hulk but with somebody who isn't so um dr jekyll mr hyde sure yeah i would love a standalone electra movie that doesn't suck balls i was gonna say because we had that yeah um yeah you know i tend to stick away from when i'm thinking about something like this the characters we've already seen on screen that have already disappointed and 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 for example psylocke right we you didn't see the movie but i just saw Psylocke in X-Men and it wasn't very good. It didn't do her character justice. So before seeing that movie, I would have said, I think that there should be a Psylocke movie. And I think that would be a cool kind of B-list X-Men character that we can really focus on. Yeah. But now that I've seen her, I, I'm not interested at all. Um, but you know who, who here's a couple I, I think would be great. I think either a storm movie or a rogue movie by themselves. Preferably, I'd love to see a rogue movie done in the style of what the 90s TV show. That would be did. fun. Oh, how about they team up like a Thelma and Louise, but with mutants? <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, both of those characters are strong enough. Uh, and I never really liked the depiction of either, uh, no matter who played him, uh, during any of the X-Men movies. Yeah, me Anna Paquin or Halle Berry, whoever they got to play her in this last one as a young Storm. They're just... Not really compelling. You talk about two really strong team players, contributors, and they made them so background, you know? Yeah. Um, I think it would be awesome if we got to see, and I'm sure you'll agree with me, a fully fleshed out, exclusively narrowly focused movie on the Dark Phoenix saga. I would love that. Instead of just like 20 minutes at the end of X-Men 3. Like one that follows the actual comics. Yes. Yes. And that arc. Yes, I would love that. I think that would be great. I think one of the best stories that ever happened to the X-Men in the comics was completely shat on by X-Men 3. Totally squashed it. it, They just completely changed what it meant to be the Phoenix. And then we saw it... God, I keep forgetting you haven't seen it. No, I understand that it's alluded to in this new movie. In in Apocalypse, done slightly better, but still... Not, not at all well, yeah. what we would want to see in a in a film adaptation. So yeah, I know I'm totally there with you. Um here's an interesting thought. Death. In in the Marvel universe, death is a female. That's right. Like a female uh Grim Reaper would be just kind of a really neat anti-hero story if you could make it work. And if you could do some sort of crossover with Deadpool, it'd be awesome. That would be cool. Um, and uh, lastly, for me, I don't think it's anything that would develop into her own movie, but uh, I've always liked the character of Magic. Uh, she is Colossus's sister okay. in the uh, Marvel comic universe. And he saves from a tractor? I believe so, yeah. <laughs> and she's really cool. And she, Old school. She's got her own set of abilities. She's not just like, I'm female Colossus. Right. Uh, she's really cool, and she has a really cool sword. Um, yeah. Swords are cool. Swords are awesome, especially when they're magic swords. Magic swords, and they're oversized but wielded as if they're small little daggers. So if you don't know magic, uh, look it up. M A G I K. Uh, she is pretty cool. And I think the only other person that I would like to see done better if brought back to the screen is uh, the role of Talia Al Ghul. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, remember she was in uh, The Dark Knight Rises. It was... I think the story of uh, Talia al Ghul, if shown with the League of Assassins, where the whole movie is kind of surrounding that whole league, and um, and her f- her father, Rage al Ghul, I think that would be a really cool movie, where she's kind of this anti-hero struggling with maybe what she's doing or something along those lines. Torn between her allegiance to her upbringing but her love for the dark knight well see that's actually that's a good point would you want batman in a talia al ghul movie you know what i mean like would you want to i think i think what would be great actually for the whole dc universe of story arcs that they're making right now is if they were to do a talia al ghul movie do it with her separately with the league of assassins and some of the issues that she goes through with that and her father, Rachel Ghoul, then in a separate movie, have her connect with Batman. Like the very end of what would be a first movie could be leading up to like, hey, there's yes. someone I want you to meet. Like how they did it at the end of Batman Begins when he's handed the card and it's the Joker card. And Commissioner yeah. Gordon's like referring to, oh, we got problems because no, there's the crazies right. on the street. And yes. so you know what's coming in the next movie. Exactly. I think something like that would be fun. I agree. I think prognosticating about stuff that's probably not ever going to happen is also fun. Yay. You know what is going to happen, though? What? Because we are getting towards the tail end of this recording. It's time for Shadow of the Synopsis. Yeah, I'm excited. I think you're going to get it this time. I didn't, I'm not purposely tossing you a softball. Okay. You know, not because I just want to see uh, our a reversal of our fortunes lately, but I think you're going to get it this time. And if you don't, then you suck, basically, straight up. I hope it's super easy. You're like, Luke Skywalker. It- <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, so let me get my best fact finding so that it's telling but not beating you over the head with the answer. Give me one second here. Ready? Yeah. This week's Shadow of the Synopsis is coming by way of New Jersey. There's a little town in New Jersey, and in this town, there's a health club. 98-pound geek nerd Melvin works as a janitor in this health club where he is bullied every day by his co-workers and patrons and it gets so bad every day in fact one point it escalates to where he is chased around and eventually falls out a second story window and if that wasn't bad enough he actually falls into a vat uh, uh, hold on sorry let, i think i, just, let, I think, I think I you know it. this but let everyone else okay, play along yeah, i'm almost ahead. done here he falls into a vat of nuclear waste and upon a horrific mutation he ends up becoming a benevolent monster so that's the synopsis what do you got i'm pretty sure i got it it's uh getting back on track it depends on if we're talking about the old cartoon or what i think originated from a comics or even the really really bad movie but (laughs) yeah it toxic avenger we're back on track good job man all right up high <laughs> I like I put the mic up yeah, to, to our hands high five foley. Yeah, I wanted the audience to realize how happy we are that we actually got That's one. That's awesome. Now again, that wasn't meant to be incredibly difficult, but eh, yeah. if you haven't seen it, you wouldn't know, so good for you. Well, even then, it's kind of still a pretty generic one, but I didn't want to say he falls into a vat of toxic waste. I said nuclear. I mean, it's green shit in a barrel. Yeah. Yeah. Remember he was getting chased around with a tutu and Stuff like that in the movie. In the movie. Oh, God. I just remember... I think I... That fir- movie was so bad. It was a purposely bad B-movie. Uh, also from the same studio that made Swamp Thing, I believe. Huh. Yeah. Troma Studios. They're notoriously B-movie stuff. So right on. And hopefully we can get back uh, or continue our winning streak. And speaking of winning, I always feel like a winner when I hear this next clip. You want to cue it up? For our awesome quote in geek history? That's the We're going to go back in history a little bit. We're going to get medieval on your the ass. The Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I fart in your general direction. Your mother was a hamster and your father smelt of elderberries. Is there someone else up there we could talk to? No, now go away or I shall taunt you a second time. That, I mean, that whole scene, that whole movie is funny, but that scene is awesome. John Cleese is just coming unglued. Imagine how many times they had to start and stop that because someone on set laughed. Yeah. Whether I, they're on camera or something like so that. So before we started this podcast, we, we, we talked about what we wanted and we, um, we were like, Oh, you know, it's a great movie is, is Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Classic. And, but we just kind of went back and forth 
over all of these quotes that we wanted that we only like, like she a hundred to choose from. A newt. You know, like all well, of, yeah, it got better. <laughs> yeah, I got better. Um, so all of these quotes that we were just like, what about this one? What about this one? And uh, this, I fart in your general direction. It was just a good like 15 seconds of pure awesomeness with an English man doing a horribly cheesy French, <laughs> French accent. accent. Yeah. But it, it, this is a, an over two minute clip that we took this off of, of YouTube. And when we were watching this whole clip, it was just reminding me how hilarious every single second of that movie. Yeah. If is. you're in a bad mood, just oh, yeah, look up a clip. You know, we haven't done this yet and I don't imagine we will, but if we're ever to do more than one quote from one movie or anything like that, I think this would be a great place to start. Yeah. Yeah. This one, or we can choose any of the other uh, uh, Monty Python movies that are just full of these awesome quotes. No shortage there. Right on, man. I think that was a nice little bow to put on this audio package for our listeners. So thank you guys for listening. We're going to tell you real quick where you can get a hold of us. Find us on our freshly updated, ever-changing for the better website. Thank you, Brandon, for all your hard work on it. Randomfandomcast.com. And there's links to get all of our sociables on there to get a hold of us. And all of our podcasts, of Yeah, course. and you can look up our library and find out more about us. And, and Yeah, we, we spent some time giving yeah. some real thoughtful backstory on who we are yeah, and, and our life. If you and our like dislikes. insincerity, then you're going to love this. Uh, also, Pokemon Go. No, just kidding. Uh, we'll get into that another time. But you guys, put down your damn phones and stop getting hit by trains or whatever. Like, I'm hearing stories about Pokemon Go and it's hurting Did people. Did you hear that a man playing Pokemon Go found a dead, found body? A dead body? I wonder yeah. what kind of Pokemon he was represented by. I saw I saw a meme online. Oh, it was people. like one of those old men back in my day memes. And it was like, back in my day, finding the dead body was the game. And I was like, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> oh, it's like the almost the plot line of Stand By Me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, completely unrelated to that, you find us on Twitter. You you should find us on Twitter at randomfandomwbb. And if you do follow us on Twitter, you would have found out exactly when I downloaded Pokemon Go because I was like, fine, I will finally download this because people won't stop talking about it and I just need to see what the hype is about. And that was a nice Zubat you caught earlier today, by the way. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. Yeah. While we were driving, I was trying to... Capture. You were the passenger, at least. We want to don't want to promote <laughs> yes, please don't. playing Pokemon Go and driving. Um, so, until our next meeting of the ears, your ears to our mouths, our mouths to your ears. Thank you so much for listening, Brandon. Thank you so much for being my friend and doing this with me. Aww, thank it's you the for random being fandom. Uh, stop. Shut up. It's done. Okay. It's the random fandom podcast with Brandon, Brandon, and it's coming back at a later time and date. Until then, thanks for listening. Bye. Ooh, baby, I love you, gay. Every day, yeah, yeah. Ooh, baby, I love you, game. Every day, you never seem too hot before my eyes and turning on that game. Suddenly, the day turns into night and we. Are still playing, but don't. Oh no, take all day, cause I just really want to play. Ooh, baby, I love your games every day. Yeah, I wanna tell you I love your games every day. I want to play with you night and day You know you seem to shine in Portal 2 It's perfect for me and you I wish we had the time to play all night, night, night I can't see us getting too tired But don't, oh no, take all day, cause I really want to play.
every day. Yeah, yeah. I want.